What's going on, everyone? You are listening to the Modern Markets Podcast, brought to you by FOMOHUD, where we discuss topics ranging from world banking to decentralized platforms. So sit back and enjoy, because you're going to learn today. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Modern Markets Podcast, presented by FOMOHUNT, brought to you by Cal Toro and your host, Titan Inc. And now the summary for today's episode. In today's episode, we'll talk about the coronavirus finally being labeled a pandemic by the World Health Organization. Trump has officially declared a national state of emergency for the United States. The Federal Reserve is injecting 1.5 to 2 trillion U.S. dollars into the U.S. Treasury markets. All this and more coming up right after your global markets update. In North America, the coronavirus continues to devastate the financial markets. The S&P 500 is down over 20% from the highs of late February. On Thursday, the market halted trading due to the rapid drop in the financial markets. On Friday, Trump spoke in the White House Rose Garden to a group of reporters, declaring a national emergency. He promised to, quote, unleash the full power of the federal government to combat the spread of the disease and access over 50 billion of emergency funds to do so. In the European Union, a group in France has defied recommendations and formed the largest Smurf rally in the world. Over 3,500 gathered in Landerneau, France in blue body paint and costumes to break the record. In a Twitter post, a video of the gathering shows one of the participants saying, quote, it was more important. The coronavirus is no big deal. It's nothing, end quote. The event took place days before the country banned gatherings of over 1,000 people. France currently has 2,882 confirmed COVID-19 cases. In the Middle East, amid the coronavirus situation, political tension in the Middle East is on the rise. Troops from the U.S. have begun to engage with Iran-backed Shia forces. Two aircraft carriers, the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower and the USS Harry S. Truman are stationed in the area. General Frank McKenzie spoke at the Pentagon last week, stating that this is the first time since 2012, following 9-11, that an extended dual carrier operation has taken place in the region. And now, it's time for the show you've all been waiting for. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your man, the Titan, Inc., and we're here with another episode of the Modern Markets Podcast, and today, we're going to talk about the coronavirus, and why wouldn't we? Because we're going to talk about the coronavirus every episode, apparently. I'm actually kind of tired of talking about the coronavirus. I wish it would just go away already, but hey, we're just gonna move forward with it anyways. So what's going on with the good old coronavirus? What is happening? Well, it's a pandemic now. The World Health Organization finally labeled it a pandemic. They stated that it was infecting over 100,000 people, so this gave them the ability to term it a global outbreak. Now, also an interesting little fact, little tidbit of information that you may not know, is that a world bond uh, fund uh, or, or foundation for a world bond uh, account was set up back after the Ebola virus back in 2018. And essentially what this did is allowed uh, investors to invest in this uh, this World Bank account to receive principal and interest on their investments with the caveat that if any viruses, and there's, by the way, there's six viruses that are uh, in this categorization. If any six of these viruses were labeled a pandemic, the investors would lose their interest and principal on their bonds, and this would be allowed to be cashed out by the World Bank. Now, you guessed it. That's exactly what has happened, and it's just magic that in two years from the the start of the fund, all of a sudden coronavirus does break out, and they do consider it a pandemic. Uh, all of a sudden, I, I like coincidence. Actually, I really don't. If you can't tell, I'm being very sarcastic. But we're just gonna move right past that one. That's not fishy at all. Uh, of course, if you are living under a rock, you would not know that Trump declared a national emergency. So that means that the entire country is on a national emergency and. 
and that they are going to release the full power of the federal government, including, but not limited to, unlimited liquidity, which is what they claimed. Uh, Stephen Muchin, the, uh, the Secretary of the U.S. Treasury, Stephen Muchin, said that they will unleash the full power of the federal government to make sure that the virus does not impact the economy. What does that mean? That means that they will unleash 1.5 to 2 trillion U.S. dollars on the market by printing, of course, by printing press. That is how we get new dollars. We print them off. And they're going to support the bonds markets because of irregular activity in the bonds markets. And why would this need to happen? Well, the bonds markets are essentially like the backbone or the foundation of the United States financial system. So when investors are not very confident in the United States treasury bonds, they are, of course, not going to invest in, in them at the yield rates they are currently giving off. And of course, this will lead to more drops in U.S. Treasury bonds, which is already very, very low. In fact, hit two all-time lows uh, as of this week. So they had to support, well, you know, they, they quote, had to support the financial system by injecting these massive amounts of money into the bonds markets. At least they believe they did. And uh, we're also expecting another Federal Reserve rate cut again in sometime in March. I believe that's probably going to happen. Right now, the rate cut sits at 1 to 1.25%. We might see another 0.25 base point cut. So we'll see what happens there. What else happened in the national emergency announcement? Well, you guessed it. You actually probably didn't guess this, but the uh, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, got Walmart, Target, and CVS together to bring the private sector into helping administer the coronavirus test kits all across the United States states. So the idea is they're going to have this website, which apparently is going to be built by Google, which apparently is not being built by Google. There's a whole thing around that. I don't know what's going on with that, but they're going to have this website and they're going to use this website to track down different locations at CVS, Walmart, and Target that are going to offer these coronavirus test kits. And of course you can go in or, or go through like a drive-through little test kit area and they'll test you. They'll tell you, Hey buddy, you got coronavirus. Uh, we're going to have to quarantine you, yada, yada, or you're going to have to go home and self-quarantine yourself. However, they want to do it. And and this is supposed to be going into effect, I believe, on the 17th, which would be, or sorry, 16th, 17th, which would be Monday and Tuesday. We shall see if that happens. Tax cuts were also made during the announcement. So the call has been made to eliminate all Social Security payroll taxes nationwide until the end of the year. The current tax rate is 6.2% with a potential price tag of $700 billion. And self-employed workers would no longer pay the 15.3% self-employment tax. Emergency leave benefit is also being provided. So a new leave fund was being established to pay two-thirds of a worker average monthly earnings. Free COVID-19 testing is also a thing now. So normally that test costs $1,300. That is going to go down to zero uh, as it will be free to the public to take this test. And this is going to be with the help of Medicaid and Medicare. This $1 trillion to $2 trillion stimulus package is the largest stimulus package that has ever, ever, ever been distributed, even larger than the bank bailout of 2008. So why does it need to be so massive? Well, you got me. I don't know. I have no idea why it needs to be this massive, but that is exactly what's going on. So they're printing off more US dollars, which might as well be pieces of toilet paper at this point, because it seems toilet paper is more valuable than US dollars. In fact, people are willing to pay 50 to $100 for it on eBay, apparently, because that is what it's selling for. Capitalism in motion.
<laughs> also, what I found out was very interesting is that Trump is considering firing Powell, who is the chairman of the Federal Reserve. So that would be a very interesting situation. Trump has been calling for rate cuts for a while now, and he wants more rate cuts. And if he doesn't get those rate cuts, he may replace Powell with somebody else. Another turn of events, Bill Gates actually resigned from the Microsoft Board of Directors this week. Uh, I, I didn't see any announcement about why, but it turns out, so if you don't know about Bill Gates' involvement in Event 201, I'd advise you to look that up as well. But there's a lot of information that ties Bill Gates to the coronavirus patent, as well as the tests that were done to see what a actual release of a coronavirus could do to the entire world. I find it very interesting that all of this was coming out months ahead of the coronavirus's first patient zero. Do with that information what you will, but I don't really like coincidence. And when too many coincidences happen, usually there's more to the situation. But again, we won't get into that in too much depth. We're here to talk about the markets. So what else happened in the markets? Well, Bitcoin took a shit. Bitcoin completely collapsed within about seven days. So Bitcoin went from 9,100 around March 7th to 38 800 by March 13th. This is a huge, huge decline. In fact, it has come down and erased pretty much all of 2019's gains at this point. It went down about 54%, almost 55%, and uh, a lot of people with very heavy Bitcoin bags were really, really struggling when this started happening. And it was really unfortunate to see, to be honest, a lot of people were getting really, really screwed. Another thing that happened was BitMEX claimed to have gotten attacked by a uh, distributed denial of service attack, which is essentially where the network for the BitMEX liquidation engine can be hit by what are called shells. And these shells are essentially like, um, they're, they're network clogs that keep the system from running. So the DDoS attack, was performed at almost exactly $3,800 when I was watching the price just collapse. And as soon as this DDoS attack happened, the price started pumping back up to about 5,500, which was ridiculous. But if you're in crypto, you are so immune to that kind of stuff by now, you don't even concern yourself with it and you are like, hit me again. It's all good. I've had worse. <laughs> uh, the S&P 500 is actually down over 20% from the highs in late February. And of course, in the traditional finance markets, there are circuit breakers if the price crashes too fast. But in the crypto market, there is no such thing. There are no circuit breakers. So if you want to get really slapped, then you go trade cryptocurrency where there is nothing to save you except for when BitMEX gets, quote, DDoSed right at $3,800. Again, coincidence. We love coincidence in the markets, right? Because that makes sense. Anyways, moving on. Another actually good piece of news about the coronavirus is that there are more recoveries in China now than incoming cases. So the recoveries are coming in and uh, the new cases are depleting, which is very good news for China. They can get back to work. They can get back to doing what they need to do. And it looks like they're recovering quite quick. Now, a lot of people will claim that the quarantine is a reason for this, but it could also be that the virus has lost its impact. Trump 
Trump also expands the travel ban that was originally applied to Europe to the United Kingdom as well. So if you are in either one of those places, you cannot visit the US right now. And this will be until 4-10-20, which is April 10th, 2020. The last time the markets reacted like they have was actually in 1929, which if you're familiar with history, you know exactly when 1929 was. And it sparked a really, really bad situation for a few years, more than a few years, but I somehow don't believe that this is the beginning of a situation like that. But we'll see how things play out. Interestingly enough, right after the announcement, or really during the announcement that Trump made about the national emergency, the rally from the markets was actually pretty decent. The S&P 500 went up 9.29%. The Dow went up 9.36%. Bitcoin even went up 2.39%. So that was pretty impressive. I don't know why it actually went up. I expected it to drop after a announcement like that, but it turns out it did not. And it could have something to do with the fact that, he, uh, that Trump got the private sector involved. But it was also interesting to see that there was a price ticker on the actual announcement showing that the Dow was going up. I don't usually see something like that. So that was very interesting to see. On March 12th, Wall Street actually had its worst day since 1987. A 16-day drop of almost 27% in the S&P 500 has left portfolios in absolute shambles. And apparently it was worse than any day in 2008. Worse than September 11th, 9-11. Very, very bad, bad impact to the market. And it's gonna take some time for this to recover. And I wanna talk about Bitcoin for a moment. And I don't know if some of the listeners are going to be Bitcoiners, some, some are not. Some are going to be from traditional finance markets, and that's okay. But I wanna talk about Bitcoin and the problem that is now presented for Bitcoin moving forward. So the problem here is now that Bitcoin has experienced this massive drop off with volatility and a lack of liquidity, now that we've reached such low prices, the issue is now, does the confidence of Bitcoin become eroded because of how it's performed in this financial crisis? Because Bitcoin was supposed to be created to handle a financial crisis like this, but it turns out that this is not the way it's reacted. It had one job, it had one opportunity as of right now to prove that, and it did not do as it was advertised. Now, that's not to say that gold has done any better than Bitcoin. In fact, gold has actually dumped as well. Uh, gold has come down from the high in March 9th all the way down to $1,511, which is an 11% drop. So what's happening is people are wanting cash. They're wanting to get liquid. Now, it's really cool, though. I think it's interesting how Bitcoin is much more liquid than gold would be. And, and I think that that's actually going to help Bitcoin's case in the future. But it's interesting to me that the markets right now are having a really, really hard time with liquidity. There is essentially a liquidity crisis. Silver has not performed well either. So between gold, silver, Bitcoin, any stock asset right now, they're all going down. That is not a good sign. That is a sign of a market that is tr just trying to get out of, out of Dodge as quickly as possible, not interested in making any moves right now, which could be massively detrimental for the economy. And I think it's going to create a uh, very small recession type economy moving forward, at least for, at least for a 
few months. I don't think this is going to be resolved in, in a one month type deal. I don't think that the federal government's gonna be able to solve it either. I think that their tools are becoming much more limited to the effect that they're making over time. And it's just gonna keep getting worse. You can't keep propping up this system, expecting it to just continue to work, especially if you get into negative yield rates with the bonds markets as they're trying to keep from happening. Japan and other countries in Europe, like Denmark, Sweden, they have already gone into negative interest rate territories and they are not coming back from it. Once you enter negative rate territories, you cannot leave those territories. So there's a lot going on right now, but I wanna make sure that you guys understand that on this podcast, I'm doing my best to update you with all this information and help you understand what all of this means for you. And I also want to make sure everybody knows that the crypto market now that the price of Bitcoin has tanked so quickly and pretty much erased all of 2019's gains is is going to be quite sad, to be honest, because a lot of these companies are going to get wiped out. A lot of these companies and projects are going to get completely wiped out. They're going to run out of money. Uh, A lot of tokens took some pretty bad beatings on the coronavirus Bitcoin collapse, and they're not going to be able to recover from it. So now it's about a war of attrition. Can you last until the next Bitcoin pump after the halving? Of course, what we assume to be after the halving, we shall see. But if you are a crypto company out there, try to stick through it. It's a war of attrition. If you survive, you will be a victor. If you run out of money, you cannot be. Well, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of this episode. If you really did enjoy this episode, whatever platform you're listening on, make sure to rate and comment so that others can find the same podcast as you. I will talk to you in the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Modern Markets Podcast with your host, Titan. Don't forget to reach out to us. Some of the best ideas we get are from our listeners. And sign up for our free newsletter that comes out every Wednesday. We tackle some of the hardest hitting stories in banking, fintech, and decentralized payment systems.